I like it spooky. Hey everybody, welcome to I Like It Spooky Horror Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Clint. And you know, it's that time of year where everybody's going to start planning their convention tours, where they're going to go this year. And so later on, we are going to be joined by the masterminds behind Motor City Legacy Horror Convention happening this April. But before we talk to them, let's get to the news. Bum, 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 bum. I wish we could hear the music just to... Newsflash. I got some news. Um, I love talking about, you know, physical media releases and we got some pretty good ones coming out. 4Ks being put out by Scream Factory. Uh, The Exorcist 3, which is a great movie. It's coming out to 4K. One of the greatest jump scares. You know, you really can't talk about that movie without that scene. It's actually my my favorite Exorcist in the trilogy. Believe it or not, I love it. Yeah, and we just revisited it last month. I'd seen it several times, but I'd forgotten Brad Dorif was in it until we were watching it. And I'm like, oh. Great fucking performance. So I'm excited to get that in 4K. Um, We're all physical media nuts. Well, Brian and I are. Clint, you get into it a little bit, don't you? I do. And kind of like I mentioned in the past couple of episodes, I... My, my uh, physical media wall, as I call it, just because I never get out, got into it. It's starting to be chipped away at because there's all these great titles that are being re-released that you just can't find anywhere. No news on uh, Exorcist 2 on 4K? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another movie that we covered on here, uh, Dead Silence, is getting a 4K release. So I'm excited for that one, too. Those are the two I really wanted to talk about. Yeah, the, the Dead Silence one, It's uh, when I saw that, I sent you guys a message. We joke about if we cover the movie on this show, it becomes an instant classic. Well, shortly after we cover it, and now it's getting a 4K release. Well-deserved, underrated movie, in my opinion. If you want to go back and listen to the Dead Silence episode, you can hear what we thought about it. But what I thought's cool about it, too, is uh, our friend Justin Beam with Reverend Entertainment did all the uh, commentary behind-the-scenes stuff on that. So He must have listened to the show. Well, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> we're, we're influencers now. I don't know if we're too full of ourselves or if we're just making fun of ourselves. I haven't figured yeah. that part out yet. Yeah, the latter. So I got some news that uh, Eli Roth is stepping away from Borderlands to direct the Grindhouse feature Thanksgiving. So you, you want the good news or the bad news? The good you say? Okay, well, Eli Roth is finally giving the fans what they've been dying for. Uh, the Hostel director is finally making a feature-length film for his, it was a fake Thanksgiving trailer, 2007's Thanksgiving. Sounds like uh, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, um, they directed the Grindhouse, the double feature, or the trailers uh, for the fake ones. It was like a mirror of uh, pieces, and then it took some of the Blood Rage stuff, had like a scene like Blood Rage. It just sounds like it'd be fun. I've never, I don't know that I've ever watched the fake trailer. I mean, I've known of it, but now I'm going to have to, when we're done recording, go watch it. Several years and a lot of fans pushing for this movie to be made. Um, just kind of really got to Eli and was like, I'm going to do it. These people are passionate about it and I want to do this movie. So what do you guys think? So an actual Thanksgiving horror movie. It's a, it's a great trailer. I'm going to go on record right now. I 
am not a fan at all of Eli Roth. I'm just, I'm just not. I don't know what it is. Um, he's done a couple of things that I, I, I can stomach, but um, just not a fan of Eli Roth. But with that said, I am interested to see this because that trailer was great. Uh, and if he stays true to that trailer, it's going to be a, a fun flick for sure. Yeah, I was talking to my nephew yesterday and he said, I watched the two Hostile movies and I didn't really enjoy him. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really a fan of his movies, but I'm a fan of him as a person. He's very knowledgeable, seems very passionate about horror. So, I, yeah, I don't maybe like his movies, but anytime I've ever heard him speak, he's very knowledgeable. Um, and you can just kind of tell he's got a passion for horror movies. We don't click on that same level with the movies he's made. I like his documentary type stuff, like that Histories of Horror. Yeah, that's on Shudder. That's up to like three seasons now, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And you can tell he's passionate about horror films and fans and I like him in Inglorious Bastards too. Like I, I love that yeah. movie though. Just, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah he, he had a good part in that. I'll give you. Yeah, that. he did. Yeah, yep. That's a great flick. So, what kind of news you got, Clint? Well, it's mine's not about physical media, and mine is not about aspiring grindhouse fake trailers becoming movies. Mine is about the lifeblood of the horror industry: reboots, remakes, sequels, all kinds of that stuff. So, James Wan wants to reboot a forgotten 80s horror gem. James Wan has come out and says that he wants to remake Chopping Mall. He also mentioned remaking Night of the Creeps, which I think would be absolute sacrilege. And then, Brian, you just told me the other day that there's something else he wanted to remake. What what was that? Do you remember what you said? Oh, God, I don't even remember what it was. They were all 80s stuff. Yeah, there there was another one. And when you told me, I knew what it was. I, f- I forget now. So, yeah, he wants to go through and remake some of these 80s classics. And, you know, um, I think some of them deserve a remake. You take big fans of Choppy Mall might get mad at me for saying this. Choppy Mall has a cult following. But I think if you take uh, a movie like Choppy Mall or if you take a movie um, like Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things or you know certain movies like that that have these cult followings but never really got any kind of big mainstream success, remake them, make them better and get them to a wider audience. I'm, I'm cool with that. Night of the Creeps is kind of touchy for me because that's on my top 10 list. I love that movie. I think it's perfect as it is. Fred Decker did fantastic with that. But the other part of this that I think is interesting is when I hear James Wan and Jason, you'll probably agree with me. But when I hear James Wan, I think mainstream, modern, I think kind of supernatural, spooky. He always has this kind of artistic style. A James Wan directed Dead Silence, which we just talked about. I can't mesh together James Wan and Choppy Mall. It just doesn't make sense to me, which means it's going to be interesting. I'll be excited regardless. I hope they keep the robots kind of looking similar. Picture that they would go way more futuristic with it or... I wish they would keep it 80s look. Yeah, is he going to take the chopping mall story and make it in 2023? Or is he going to keep it set in the 80s and grow off the story that was already written? The other one I found when I was looking just now is The Entity. But that's like eight years ago he was talking about remaking that one. Now that's more up his alley. That's a great film too, based on a supposed true story. We should cover that sometime. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, That was one of the few movies I've seen that actually scared me. And that's more supernatural. I could see him doing that. I don't know. I mean, if he does them right, you can't hate on him. I mean, I know I... Have you seen Malignant, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, I know you haven't, Clint, but... It was a James Wan movie, and it got a lot of love last year, but to me, it was just like an offshoot of Basket Case. It was just like a updated remake of Basket Case, is all I thought. It was okay. I mean, I know a lot of people loved it. I thought it was okay. I mean, I mean he's got talent. He's one of the top directors of horror in the past 
20 years. I mean, just look at the titles he's got under his belt, like all big name things. But to be able to take something that's so obscure, I don't mean it obscure, but obscure to a lot of people. We all know what Choppy Mall is and love it, but maybe a lot of other people wouldn't. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. If you take some more off the beaten path films that have that following, they have the potential to be so much more than what they were than, than run with it. Leave night of the creeps alone, please. James Wan, I'm begging you, but um, I am curious though, if let's say he does choppy mall. And I think I read that Kelly Maroney would be interested. That would be cool. In my opinion, James Wan, if you're listening, like how cool would that be? If she was like now the, mall director or something you know what i mean so it is kind of like a, a sequel or continuation while being whatever it is he wants to wants to make it see that clant hold on like let me get ready for my picture <laughs> <laughs> oh god i was wondering what you were doing <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll start a pay we're gonna start a patreon division of this show where if you want to hear what that's about you got to pay for it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll never that'll never get old yeah i'd like to see i'm always talking about i'd like to see new stuff i'd like to see fresh content and not so many remakes reboots they can tend to be cash grabs and when i bring up cash grabs that's usually where i'm segueing into money because i think a cash grab i think of money and uh it, you know christmas just got over with uh boots just had a birthday right after christmas i have no money how about you guys do you have any money jason can you tell me what's going on with our money Yeah, no, Christmas hit us kind of hard. I'm poor. I managed to pick up a couple things for me, which I just tell my wife they're all like pre-orders so she doesn't yell at me for spending money now. She thinks I spent money in the past, but one of them was kind of newer. Smoking mirrors. <laughs> and it's all, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I got the the Halloween Kills or Halloween Ends uh, still book came in from Best Buy. I opened it up, looked at it, haven't watched it yet, you know, on 4K, like the disc or any of the features yet. Uh, I need to explore that. I love that. So now I have all three of the Steelbook special editions from Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. I love those. And then I don't have them yet, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it just because they will be here in the next few days, hopefully. These are pre-orders. I ordered the Halloween Ends uh, records from Sacred Bones. And I didn't think they were supposed to come out until maybe it was December, maybe it was January, but I was kind of surprised I got the shipping notification because I'd kind of forgot about them. I bought two separate editions of that. <laughs> it's just, they're the same record, but different colors, different <laughs> packaging. You're going to open one and leave the other one sealed, right? That's why you bought two? Yeah, totally. I'm No, I'm going to open them both up and take a look at them and enjoy the pretty colors. You should really drink my Kool-Aid. It's quite tasty. So all Halloween stuff I got coming in. I bought a couple other records that aren't spooky related, but you know, just more and more and more stuff down here in my basement. And I'm actually thinking about expanding the other half of my basement. I have like half of it. That's just, I haven't really done anything with it. I'm ready to start expanding that. So now I got some more wall space and I need more posters now. Gotta hope my wife's not listening. She will murder me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's all I picked up. That's, I mean, that's, that's still a pretty good haul, I think. What about you guys? Well, your uh, segment's going to be called Just Halloween. And my segment's going to be called Just Joe Bob. Because <laughs> that's all I picked up was Just Joe Bob stuff. So I got the VHS version of The Last Drive-In, Cannibal Holocaust. I do own a VCR. It's not plugged in, but 
Um, Ship to Shore was having a sale. Looks like the disc is green, so I picked up the Cannibal Holocaust VHS. Picked up the Joe Bob's Heartbreak Trailer Park vinyl. I got I got to interrupt. Don't open the Cannibal Holocaust VHS tape. I'm not. I got it on 4K too. Wow. I, I sound like a ghoul right now, but the director of that movie just passed away. Chances are that sealed up would have more value. I bought it on 4K, and I don't remember where I put it, so I wasn't going to share it, but it's here somewhere. I got it from 88 Films. Um, and then I got Monster Mash, the Joe Bob Zombie Jamboree vinyl. Then I'm a Patreon supporter of The Lost Drive-In, so Darcy's going back, and I think I've talked about this before, and restoring a lot of his old stuff from Monster Vision and the movie channel, um, and time stamping them so you can watch the movie and then stop it and start it with his commentary. Um, they had a this issue, it's a Blu-ray, and I don't open these, and these go for like a hundred some bucks sealed. There's only like 500 people in the Discord, so I gather there's only like 500 of these made. And then this one, it's got Roddy Piper, John Waters, and then Christmas at the Lost Drive-In. And this is the fourth one. And then I got a Christmas card. It says, Happy Holidays from the Lost Drive-In. And a Patriot State, and it's autographed on the back. It says, We love you, Joe, Bob, and Darcy. So I have to get a frame to stick that in. Did you did you pay for that, or did they send you one because they like you? No, that's part of being well, one of the patron saints. I signed up for the year. It was like 35 bucks a month, but I just pop, went for the year because you saved like 12%. I figured save a little money, and then I think Jason and I talked about this. By the end of the year, I mean, I've already got two t-shirts, two Blu-rays, that Christmas card. You're in the Discord. They give you like um, first chance on some events. Um, a coffee cup. You make your money back if you were going to sell the stuff. You know, you would make your money back. I don't know, maybe someday I sell the Blu-rays. Because the other Blu-ray I have is uh, the Night of Living Dead episode. So it's the whole episode of the Night of Living Dead that they showed. And it's remastered on 4K. And I'm supporting them. In essence, they sent it to you because they like you. Yeah, yeah. They, they like my money. Uh, I've only spent a little bit. Let's see. Since the last time we did this segment... I went to my local comic shop to get the fourth entry in the five-issue Creep Show comic series, and they didn't have it because we were under a snowstorm at that time, and uh, my comic was buried under four four feet of snow in Buffalo. So I said, well, I'm here. I said, hey, do you guys got the Silent Night, Deadly Night comic? I saw one had just come out, and they did, so I picked up a Silent Night, Deadly Night comic. Don't know if the story is any good or not because it's wrapped behind plastic. And um, since then, I went back and did get issue four in the Creep Show series. Uh, and I got a couple of variant covers as well for that. One of the variant covers had Spawn on the cover along with the Creep. I do always pick up a copy to read as well. So I'm going to have to read that to see why the hell Spawn's on the cover. And as far as collectins, collectibles and stuff, that's it. Um, probably the other purchase I'll mention right now is I dropped some money and got myself a 3D printer. Got that all put together and working. I got to fine tune it and download a code and figure out how to use it and stuff. So it's going to be a process, but that's where my uh, disposable income has gone lately. That's awesome. I want to, I want to check out 3d printing. I've watched a lot of videos on it. I kind of want to, I want to buy one. My daughter and I talked about getting one at one point, but never have yet, but I know they're, they're pretty meticulous. You got to go through a lot of steps and it's a lot of trial and error to get it going. I'm, I'm pretty thankful because I have, um, enough people that I know around me, other vendors, other artists who do similar things. And they're already reaching out to me. Like my friends at a uh, bootleg as fuck toys. Uh, he got reached out to me and said, do this, don't do that. Get this clean here. You know, so I'm getting tips firsthand from people who've been through all the headaches. Nice. So I think it's going to benefit me. I tell you what though, Jason, there, 
they're not that expensive. I picked up kind of a middle of the road one. It was a couple hundred bucks. Um, of course, you can go in all the way to in the thousands if you want. But one thing, if you do get one, if anybody's listening wants to get into 3D printing, which I still don't know much about, what I learned was at least with the one I got, which is an Ender 3 Pro, get online and watch videos about how to put it together because there is a lot of little steps about how to really dial things in and calibrate things that aren't in the directions and how to assemble it. Yeah. And so if you if you weren't aware of these things and you put it together, you'd almost have to go back and tear it apart to redo it or you're going to have a lot of problems. That right there, I think, is worth worth its weight in gold. I mean, so since I don't have a lot of cash because of Christmas and birthdays and that stuff, if you want to pay me some money, I'll run you through some tutorials, help you out, get you started. Or we could just go to a sponsor. Maybe we could uh, get some money that way. Looking for a quality yet reasonably priced mask company? Look no further than FX Addicts Studios. The artists at FX Addicts Studios offer a variety of half and full head masks, ranging from the Grinch to the Nun, plus a full lineup of custom designs that are sure to fit your haunt character or generally creepy stalker needs. I personally use one of their half masks in my haunted attraction and after years of abuse, it still holds up to this day. Be sure to follow them for up-to-date offerings on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Need direct contact? Email fxaddictstudios at hank113222 at gmail.com and let Hank know that the I Like It Spooky Horror podcast sent you. Get ready for haunt season now and get your fix by going to fxaddictstudios.com. All right, so we are now joined by the organizers, promoters of Motor City Legacy Horror Convention, Tracy No and, and Adam. Pronounce your last name for me. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it. No, it's all right. It's D. Philippe. We we actually mentioned you guys on a previous episode, and I got to your name, and I said Adam. I forgot Adam's last name. I don't have it in front of me. That's just because I didn't want to screw it up. That's okay. Horror convention and film fest. Right, absolutely. So the horror convention season is upon us, and it's that time of year when horror fans around the world are really starting to plan out their destinations. But before we get into the nitty-gritty of Legacy and let everybody know why they should include it into their convention plans, we wanted to let our audience get to know you two a little bit. So we're going to you know, dive into your past and uncover the skeletons in your closet and see what we can find. But from what I can tell, you two have known each other for, for quite some time, right? Uh, we've been friends for a very long time. I'd say probably about 10 years now. I think we met in 2013. So I, I think, that, is that the math? Would that be 10 years? It's too early for me to do math. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's why. I yeah, I think it's like 10 years. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, it's been a while. And Adam, it looks, if I'm right, like you have a background in film, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, I'm an actor. That's actually... And that's how met. that's how Tracy and I met, because Tracy works on films as a as an effects artist. But was there a certain uh, a film set that you guys met on? Or? Yeah, we don't have to say what it's called. <laughs> it's it's one of those, but, but we met on it, and that was one of the great things to come out of it. It was one of those directed by Alan Smithy films, huh? Yeah. That's why when, when the movie, after it gets done and the director's like, this is terrible, he says, I'm not putting my name on this. We'll just call it Alan Smithy. You can do an IMDb search and you'll figure it out pretty quick. But Adam, what's your involvement with the production plus the talent shop? You're Are you a part of that? Or are you just um, a talent that that represents? 
I'm one of their talents. That sounds really conceited to say out loud. I'm one of their talents, but yeah, I'm one. I'm one, I'm one of their actors. And are, are there any like current film projects you got going on right now with anything or? Uh, not at the moment. I did a movie last year called Movie Theater Massacre. I had a lead in that. It was with uh, Linnea Quigley, and that should be coming out uh, hopefully this spring. I'm hearing some things, so that's kind of the current thing right now that I'm thinking about and talking about a little more than other things. But other than that, just things here and there. I was going to ask you about that because when I was stalking you to find out a little bit more about you, I saw that the title just drew me right in. I had no idea Linnea was a part of that too, so that's awesome. Yeah, she has a small, fun little role. It was really cool. It was filmed or filmed at the uh, Redford Theater. Tell tell our listeners about the Redford Theater then, because I I'm from where you guys are in Michigan, and it doesn't ring a bell with me. Oh, Redford Theater is like a historical theater. It's actually, in Detroit's not in Redford. It's been around forever. They do a lot of uh, events there, like they play Munsters movies and bring in Butch Patrick. Play a lot of old films. I I think maybe Evil Dead had its. Am I, am I right? Did Evil Dead have some kind of premiere there back in the day? I mean, that's how long it's been around. Yeah, Evil Dead premiered in Detroit, yeah. Okay, because I know Bruce Campbell frequents there. Yeah, it, it's one of our classic places. You know, if you haven't heard of it, you definitely need to check it out. They do some amazing, you know, shows there. Brian, it kind of sounds like the, the Orpheum from where you're at in Illinois. Yeah, sorry, I was uh, looking up the movie and taking a screenshot so I can check it out when it comes out, because that's right up my alley. Cool. It's a comedy horror movie. It's kind of, I while filming it, I kind of felt it had a little bit of a Clerks vibe. Uh, sort of like Clerks, a little like Empire. What is that? Empire Records. Yeah, is that with Liv Tyler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a little bit of that um, with a serial killer thrown in. Clerks, but like a slasher movie. It's fun. Slasher Clerks. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a fun indie comedy horror movie. Now, moving on to Tracy. Tracy, I know you a little bit better. I've seen you at a lot of shows. I can pronounce your last name. Your last name is No. That's pretty simple. You know, I love it. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know Tracy, he's a big guy, shaved head, usually dressed in black, uh, and sometimes carrying a cane. Like I say, your last name, it, it's perfect because it fits you. I, I view you as like a James Bond villain. I can see you in this dark suit walking around. Everybody's like, where's Mr. No? <laughs> And like you just mentioned, Tracy, I think you come from a haunt background and a special effects makeup background, correct? I do. I ran some of most, a lot, well, actually a lot of haunted houses in Michigan. Um, I've been the lead at Erebus for, I believe, the last nine years. I, I also have a film background, like they said, that's how we met. I ended up going to makeup school here. Made a pretty decent name for myself in makeup. That shows with Motor City Legacy, because I know um, some other horror conventions include special effects makeup challenges and stuff, but you guys tend to kind of make it almost like a centerpiece of your show of Legacy. And um, I think this year, I don't know if it was like this last year, but this year, isn't it? The winner of the contest gets an automatic gig being a makeup artist at Erebus Haunted Attraction, right? The winner of this year's makeup contest, because Erebus is sponsoring, it they get a guest artist night of their choosing at the haunt season this year um if they're any good and they want to stick it out they'll be offered a job you can't beat that and brian and jason um you guys not being from the michigan area if you don't know erebus is uh is a, a massive haunted house i can't remember how many years now it's been been around but it uh at one point held the guinness world book of records for the largest indoor haunted attraction which every haunted house says but they're in the books as the, the largest at, at one point so yeah Erebus is you know universally known it's been on travel channel a whole bunch of other tv shows 
And then we have something new this year uh, involving makeup effects. Uh, you want to tell them about Brian Hillard's class? Oh, yeah. Brian Hillard from The Walking Dead is an accomplished makeup artist, Emmy Award winner. We had him as a guest at our show last year. He's going to be returning this year to do a makeup class, the ultimate zombie makeup class. You guys must have been uh, like spying on me and looking at my notes because Brian is where I was going next. I, I met I met Brian and Matt Cunningham while they were uh, scouting locations for Spore. They actually came to, to my haunted house, uh, the Corpse Barn, which is no longer. And um, it, it didn't come to be, but they were going to use that as, as a location for Spore. And so I was going to ask if that's how you knew Brian was, was through Erebus. It actually was because Brian came in with, they were doing a kind of a documentary where they were putting heart monitors and other equipment to actually see the range of fear and how it, people get affected going through a haunted house from the actors scaring people to people going through doing interviews. It, it was really interesting. And Brian is just the coolest guy. Oh, he's, he's awesome. I got a picture where he took a picture with my daughter and stuff. And then that was one of the main highlights for me from Legacy last year, what was coming and chatting with him some more. So, And for our listeners, uh, Tracy said, you know, Brian's an award-winning makeup artist from The Walking Dead. He's probably most commonly or, or widely known as the Wellwalker in season two of The Walking Dead, where they were on the farm and he was the bloated zombie they were trying to get out of the well. Trust me, a ton more credits than that, but that's probably the uh, the most widely known. Yeah, he's worked on uh, Land of the Dead and Hitchcock and a lot, a lot of stuff. Constantine. Yeah. Now, um, last year in 2022, that was your first year, and it was success, a success. I know because I was there as a vendor with uh, Inkmirrors.com. I know you've told this story before. I've heard, I've heard bits of it, but maybe our audience haven't. You planned to launch Legacy before last year, and you guys hit some hiccups along the way. I mean, what happened? Can we, can we talk about that or? Legacy came about because another horror convention here we thought was going out of business. I offered to buy it and for what they wanted for it. I could do my own show cheaper. We, we had everything planned out. I, the day I was supposed to go sign the papers to do it, they shut everything down because of COVID. So I kind of lucked out there so I didn't end up wasting all the money. But we had two years to plan our first show. It sucked, and you know, obviously there was enough problems with COVID, but it did give us that time to try and make it the best we possibly could. Yeah, it could have been a blessing a little bit, just, you know, more time to prepare. And Leading up to this show this year, I'm missing those two years to get everything done, <laughs> especially adding new things, trying to make it, you know, even better. We're pleased with what we're doing, and I don't think we could do it any better. Especially for a second show. We have a lot of moments this year where we're going, you know, for a second show, that's pretty damn cool. This person's pretty damn cool. This thing we're doing is pretty damn cool. You know, I feel like we're doing some things that some people wouldn't do until they're like fourth, fifth show. Yeah, I want I want to get to, to some of your guest lists here in a little bit. In fact, there, there's one person in particular. I'll kind of jump ahead, but I'm an old I'm an old timer. Um, I'm super excited to meet Jill Whitlow. Fan, I'm going to be fan crushing, fan geeking out. I'm drooling all over myself. <laughs> yeah, please sign this and take a picture with me. Yeah. All right, what are you a fan of uh, her from? Night of the Creeps? Everything she's been in. You know, I love Night of the Creeps, but it's always more weird science. I don't know why I just associated her with that more. What I love about stars like that is you can go through and then find more off the beaten path films like she was in Twice Dead from, I think, 88. I don't know if you guys have seen that. No. See, that's what that's what I mean. And then you find these like more obscure films and you're like, holy shit, there's Jill Whitlow. Oh, my God. I love this movie now. Yeah, for me, I was looking and I was like, oh, she's in Mask, the Rocky Dennis movie with Eric Stoltz and Sheriff. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. 
I'm like that too. I, I I met Judge Reinhold at a show this past April, and everybody's talking Fast Times at Richmond High, and I go up to him and I'm like, "Yeah, Beethoven three, like that was." Pretty- <laughs> I'm always bringing up the obscure stuff to people. I'm talking Free Willy with Michael Madsen, and I'm that guy. No, I'm right there with you. We were talking, we did a, a bonus episode on Flashback in Chicago earlier last year, and uh, Robert England was going to be there. And I said, I'm going to go up and I'm going to ask him about the uh, episode of Night Court he was in, or uh, his role his role in um, a fat, or uh, what was it with uh, Andrew Dice Clay, Ford Fairlane, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, all this weird stuff, and have him just look at me like, what are you talking about? So yeah, you guys are three months away. You're right. So before Legacy launches this year, you're three months away. It's crunch time. I can imagine the uh, that that time that you had to prepare is missed. You probably had more time to promote than two, maybe. I remember in 2021, before your first show, it, I went to a show in, um, in East Moline where I met Brian and Jason here before we started doing the podcast. And they had a table off to the side where everybody's putting flyers. And I was walking over to put flyers for ink mirrors. And I thought to myself, oh, shit, I should have got a hold of you guys and brought some flyers for Motor City Legacy. And as I'm thinking that, I look down and there's some flyers for Motor City Legacy. I'm like, how the hell did these get here? Yeah. yeah, we we had some great vendors. You know, any shows they were going to, they grab some flyers for us and put them out. Try and help spread it as much as they could. You know, I I think we did right by vendors. One of the biggest things about this year that just blows me away is all of the new vendors through word of mouth from other vendors have got a hold of us wanting to be a part of this show, and it's like the biggest compliment we could have ever got. Yeah, I've got one in particular I got to talk to you guys about when, when we're done recording. He got a hold of me and he's like, I tried to get a hold of them and it looks like they're sold out now. Can you say something? I was like, yeah. Yeah, we, we are sold out in the main ballroom. We did use the first floor for a few vendors around the event rooms that we used. We have half of that sold already. Surprisingly, we actually sold out of the main ballroom pretty right, quick. Yeah, about the beginning of December. And the the first floor you're talking about where those vendors were, that's right outside where the, the film festival is, correct? Yeah, the panel room, the film fest room, the after party room this year. Oh, there's an after party. Yeah, we're trying to add to it. See, I'm I'm close enough where I just drive back and forth so I don't spend the extra money in a hotel. But if you're having an after party, maybe I'll just get a room. Brian, Brian, you're coming up, right? Jason, are you coming? We'll just we'll split a room so we can stagger back. Yep, we've been talking about it. We're thinking about making the trip. Adam said something about being an alcoholic, so maybe we'll just stay and party and stagger around. Even doing the party, I was like, I'll have drinks. That's all yeah. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do a party. <laughs> Parties at shows are kind of a staple. We're, we're definitely going to try and do it a little bit different with our own spin on it. You know, one of, one of the biggest things I hated about the parties at other shows is the bands are usually so loud. You could be sitting across from each other like we are, and you'd never even be able to talk to each other. We're going to try and go with the DJ instead. We are getting a guest that is super huge into karaoke, so we might be doing a little bit of that. You know, Also super huge as a singer, yeah, vocalist. Yeah in general perhaps on a massive broadway show and she loves karaoke when she comes to these shows so we want it to be a little bit more fan friendly like with the celebrities there obviously you know photos are up to them but it's not there to bug them for autographs but just actually hang out with these people you know give it that more close-knit feel for every ent- or for ticket price you know everybody's getting a raffle ticket and every half hour we're going to give shit away and we're going to do a cosplay contest yeah, cosplay is huge. I haven't been to one convention where I haven't seen killer clot. I've, I think I've gotten more pictures with people in cosplay than I have with celebrities at some events. I'm like, oh, come here. Let me get your picture, you know. And they only get better. These cosplayers are just evolving every day. Yeah, so you, you guys really seem to 
take things from from other conventions and then like you say put it put more of a fan view spin on it one of the things i like loved about conventions when i first started going you know this was way back in the day even though not much has changed but the things that have changed have taken away from it being that like intimate feel to where you know you can actually walk up to somebody's table and talk to them granted not everybody buys it autograph when they do that but at least they have that option and you know a lot of the celebrities, they have no problem talking to people, even if they're not getting an autograph from them. But then, but the convention handles it like a cattle call. So even if the guest is social and enjoys that interaction just as much as the transaction, sometimes they, they still don't get that because the, the way the conventions run, it's like, all right, next, come on, move along, come on. We don't want to do that. We, we've said from get-go, you know, this show's for fans by, we, we mean it. We're not there to, we're not trying to cattle call. We're not probably shouldn't say this we're not there for the money trying to get rich off the vendors we're not trying all we want to do is break even to do another show and i said in a there was a there was a podcast we did last year and they were asking you know like oh what did i take away from being involved with other conventions and this really isn't like a shot well it kind of is but but it's it's core it's not really a shot at anybody but i said doing these other shows i took away the great things to do but also what not to do you know, we learned learned a lot and took a lot away. Yeah, we took um, we took a lot of good things from other shows, and there's a lot of things we just didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about with autographs and conventions. I'm more of a I want to meet somebody that will sit and talk to me and maybe take a picture with me and give me a story. Because if I have a friend or a fan or a family member that comes to the house and they say, "Oh, you got so and so's autograph." Yeah, whatever. He signed it. I got pushed out of line. I want to be like, no, I got to meet so-and-so. I got to talk to him. They were really nice. They were engaging. Give me a story to go with it. That's what I want to pay for and get out of it, meeting somebody in the experience, not just an autograph. Yeah, and, and you know, I might be pushing the envelope a little here. I'm going to be very careful with my wording. But Tracy and I, we have talked about, like, this year, we've heard other shows announce certain guests. And they're considered big, big guests. And very quickly into talking about it, it, one of us will go, you know, they're not very nice. And then that that honestly kind of takes away from it. It's like, okay, they're big, but that person's not known to be very fan friendly. So whatever, you know, we might, you know, we might not be bringing in the the A the A listers yet or whatever, but we are bringing in very fan friendly social. And that's people. that's where our show is set different than the others that are here. We're not trying to bring the A listers that have been here. We are trying to bring people who have not been, you know, and yeah, they may not be, you know, the Robert Englands and the Kane Hodders and all of the big names, but it doesn't mean people don't want to see them. You know, our entire guest list so far are people that are either new to Michigan or new to conventions in general. Yeah. No, we, we talked about that before. And as a fan, I, I tell a lot of people that um, from what I see, at least through my eyes and from talking with other people. Yeah, everybody wants to meet your Kane Hodders, your Bill Mosley's, your Robert Englands, and they're all great people to meet, but they do a lot of conventions. And I see a lot of outcry now for people that they don't normally see, new people, new faces. And uh, so you guys, you guys do a really good job, especially, well, last year you did also, but this year looking at your guest lineup so far, you've got generations in there. You've got stuff for the old timers like us. And then you've got stuff for this younger generation, because you've got a couple people who I'm not for sure who they are. I know what they've been in by what you listed, you know? So yeah, you guys have a range, a range of people for a range of ages. It's fantastic. And that's the thing, you know, we can go back to the movies in the eighties. There's so many people that have been in great movies that have never been here. We want to bring them. 
I think one of the a couple of the guests that Brian and I are, are excited about is you've got the cast from Psycho Goreman. Yeah, we fucking love it. We fucking love that movie. Yeah, we do too. Oh yeah, no, we heard we. I don't remember if I reached out to the agent or the agent reached out to us. I saw those two names and I was like, oh, this is worth talking about. And then he goes, yeah, I've never done a convention. It's like what? And yeah, it just it just it was like this is obvious. We we got to do this. Yeah, this is a growing cult film. That alone is exciting, but then also these guys are come, they'd be fresh to the scene, and we get to give them their debut into this world. Like that's awesome. I, I like I love indie film. You know, the director being one of Astron Six, I think is freaking awesome. Those were some just off the wall crazy movies with low budgets, but they did so much in them. And the fact that you know Psycho Gorman's supposed to be getting a sequel, it had like a Happy Meal in Canada, some restaurant. <laughs> It, it has that appeal. It's going to stay. Well, and with you guys pushing the special effects thing and the indie special effects, it sounds like, and trying to get people into that. This was a super low budget movie that had really good special effects. A lot of creatures in it. It's right up my alley. I mean, these guys bust my balls all the time about Godzilla and all that stuff that I love. And I'm like, this is like Godzilla on drugs. Like, what do you mean? This is like Power Rangers and Godzilla mixed together. <laughs> the best way I've described it to anybody that wasn't sure who they were is it's like power, the horror version of Power Rangers. That's what I said. It's an, or, an R-rated horror Power Rangers, yes. Yeah. But yeah, our mission has always been to bring new people. And if we do bring older people or people from older movies that have been here, they're coming with somebody who hasn't for a reunion that hasn't taken place here. That is our mission statement. We're not just going to bring people because they're bigger names. Because they, they'll do good, which is awesome, but if they've been here year after year after year after year... Chances are you probably have their autograph already, yeah. or five. You can only get so much stuff signed by somebody, and you can only have those same conversations with that person. And uh, there's nothing against meeting them. I, you know, I met a bunch of them. I've got multiple autographs many times, but I wish there were newer people. And for the record, our first show, we had some guests were at... By the time the show ended, I said to Tracy, I was like, you know, I kind of get some of these shows bringing the same person back over and over again, because like Jimmy Duvall, James Duvall, he, I kind of was, I kind of had that thought, like, can we keep bringing him back? That guy's amazing. But it's like, no, 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 we got to wait maybe in a few years, <laughs> you know, because we want to keep, you know, we want to keep it fresh. And I'm not against bringing back guests, but like I said, they have to be coming with somebody who hasn't been here. So it makes it still that one of a kind thing that hasn't happened, a reunion for a movie or, you know, bringing people that haven't been here for whatever reason. You know, I I do believe our show has had a big impact here. Don't want to sound arrogant, but I think us pushing new people has forced other people to do the same, you know, and that's awesome because it, whether it's our show or somebody else's, as long as the fans are happy, that's what we're all trying to do. Well, and then on top of that, from, from a standpoint from everybody here on, on this recording, stuff like that's also great um, networking opportunities um, for whether you're involved in film or special effects or the podcast world or anything like that. Uh, yeah, if you get great guests and you get unique and different and first time guests, it opens up those doors. Actually, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Not even for everybody in this recording, for fans in general who might have their own side hustle or project. It gives that opportunity to really meet new people and network and maybe get your name or your business or your side hustle out there. So it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. What what I thought was really great is some of the guests we announced that have never even done conventions, you know, their appeal reached so much better heights on our platform than we ever imagined that would happen. The reactions on some of them were just crazy. And it's like, why would nobody ever think to talk to these people and see if they'd want to come? 
Well, and, and again, some of the some of the projects that these people are on, I don't know who Bex Taylor Kloss is. So it also not it's great for them because people who haven't heard of them might pay more attention now. You get a chance to meet them. They're involved in some stuff that I like and that I've seen. Now I'm going to pay more attention to them. And then you guys, you even have some pro wrestling stuff there, which is again up up mine and Brian's alley. Abaddon's going to be there. Now, so is is Abaddon going to be Abaddon? Pro wrestlers kind of don't want to break the kayfabe, you know. Every convention, you know, costume, even on our social media, post any pictures that are like either outside of makeup. Yeah, kayfabe. That's going to be awesome. Maybe they'll body slam Clint through a table. I'll pay for the table. <laughs> I'll pay to be body slammed. Yeah, let's do it. I'm hoping that they will be willing to be one of the judges for the makeup contest. Somebody who wears it 24-7 would be the most amazing judge. Oh, sure. So you, you guys have kind of touched on it a little bit, but real quick, we were just curious, how what's what's the process of, of booking celebrities for a convention? Um, I, I know kind of what I'm, I'm getting, what your criteria is, what you're looking for. But I mean, how do you even get a hold of some of these people? Track down their agents. And I, I can say this, last year's show and this year's show, we come up with a list of who we would like to get. And by the time the show comes around, that list it's, is usually it's completely different. So different. Yeah. You know, it, it's basically just reaching out and reaching out and reaching out. Some being a new show, some people didn't really care to talk to us. Some people were above what we thought would talk with us did. It's just it's it's grinding and keeping on them and just trying to fight for the people that we think are best to come here. But also some agents we knew, like I, there's a couple agents that I knew from other conventions. So like that was a pretty easy end. Um, Bex actually is married to a friend of mine. So that was actually completely direct. There was no agent involved in that. So sometimes it's really just about connections and who you know. But then obviously, yeah, reputation and notoriety, that can play a part too. And whether or not they want to talk to you or give you the time yeah. of day or not. I, I've talked to some agents where they basically laughed at me, which was really demeaning. <laughs> You know, and, and I've talked to others that, you know, have gone out of their way to help us talk to their clients that their clients might have th thought being a new show wasn't a good idea, but they still pushed us through to them. Having these relationships with these agents has been really great for the most part, you know, because even if they have we hire one of their clients, we want to do a reunion and they don't have the other people. They'll direct us to who has them, you know, and they'll they'll help us try and get it pushed through so we can do these reunions. All right. So you two have combined your passion for film, haunts, special effects of horror. You overcame some obstacles. You're now going into your sophomore year of hosting a convention. Um, but I have to ask a question. I've already heard the answer, but some people might not have. What is with the name Motor City Legacy? I get the Motor City part, but a lot of people might have questions about the legacy. When you think of a horror convention, there's usually you know, scary, monster, spooky. Well, what's what's with legacy? I chose the name Legacy because that's what I want to leave. I want my legacy to be something where whether you know, 10, 20 years down the road is still around. Like I want to leave a legacy of horror because horror has been a huge part of my life. You know, I'd love for my son to take it over, you know, when I die, but legacies just sums up everything I want to leave. You know, I don't, I don't need to be rich. I don't need to be famous, but as long as I've done something I'm proud of, that's a legacy I want to leave and doing it the right way in the way I think is right. Fantastic answer. I think we all want to leave a cool legacy behind. I think ours is going to be running our mouth about films on this on this podcast but you know we'll, we'll see where it takes us i don't know we've touched a lot about what you guys do um what your intentions are with your show um we know that there is 
um, a makeup contest. We know there's a film festival. Obviously, there's vendors, there's celebrities. You said there's going to be a cosplay contest. Uh, is there anything we haven't touched on that uh, people can expect this year? Well, we're doing a kid's costume cosplay, and we're doing the adult one. The Brian Hillard class, we're doing that. We're, we're doing the after party. We are looking at a few things that are not finalized yet to try and add to it. One of the things that we are working on that I can actually talk about is we're trying to do things to update conventions a little bit with some technology. I forget what they're called, RFID or whatever. Basically, we're going to do a scavenger hunt where you can buy a wristband and you got to find these Adreno boards, write the wristband over it to get credited for it. Once you find all of them, you'll be entered into a raffle for a huge prize. So it sounds like you guys are really making legacy as far as a horror convention, really fan interactive, a step above and beyond kind of your normal convention experience. Conventions are awesome. We've all been to them, but they're all the same, you know, and one of the things, and I get it, it's hard to try and figure out how to do is bring some of the newer things and technology into it to make it more interactive. The other interactive part is, and I'm surprised no convention I know of is ever done it, which ours should be done in time, is have an app, which will have the film schedule, the panel schedule, the floor map of all the vendors. It's just those little things that to make it updated that no one's tried is what I'm really trying to bring into it. I can't think of a convention I've ever been at where I wasn't at some point going, what time's so-and-so's photo op or when is this film playing and asking somebody or yeah our beta app is actually up you can get it at our website there's not much on it at the moment but there will be by the time the show comes you know i i like the idea of all the panels the following year if we tape them putting them on the app the following year so if you didn't get to see the panel you still have an option to you know there's just so many ways to update the littlest things that it's not like reinventing the wheel. It's just using what's already out there. And the the website, the website, I'm sorry, the website is just, it's motorcitylegacy.com, correct? That's where you can go to get the beta app. Okay. And it has all the information on the film festival, the celebrities past and present working on updating things there as well. Yeah. It's just, that's one thing I've talked to Adam about a lot is just the way technology has gone. It gets better and better every year. I can think of, you know, shows from the 90s that are basically the same shows now. For nobody to come up with an app at this point, I think is just lazy. And, you know, we're not saying create an app and eliminate what's been done all these years. I mean, obviously, you know, grandma and grandpa are going to come. They're not going to they're not going to know how to use the app. They're still going to need the physical brochure. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're always at the mercy of bad Wi-Fi connections and whatnot. But still, it's it's an evolution where there, it's just, it's an additional option for convenience. Yeah, I, uh, thankfully, I, the Wi-Fi connection there, uh, the, the signal, at least for me as a vendor last year at Legacy was great. I've been to a couple conventions, far away conventions as a vendor, and I wasn't made aware that there's no signal, you know, and so I get there and I'm like, oh shit, how am I going to process my credit card transactions and stuff now? And it's it's been a real pain, but... But you'd agree. There's been shows where I've tried buying things where they just did. They couldn't sell me anything because they couldn't ring me up. Yeah, I downloaded this app and I'm already loving it. Like that, you have the map and the names of all the vendors. Because there's been t- plenty of times where I've gone to buy something and I second guess it and I don't buy it, and then I want to find out who I can reach out to or try and look them up. And this I can remember, like, oh, they were in the corner over there, and now I have a name to match it up with. I love that. 
Yeah, it, it helps us. It helps the patrons. It definitely helps the vendors. You know, without the yep. vendors, none of these shows would happen. Appreciate every vendor we get. So help pushing, you know, them and doing the spotlights for the vendors. It, it, it's like a no-brainer. Yeah, if you look at the Facebook page, uh, we started, I think, January 1st or 2nd. First. Every other day, we do a spotlight for two vendors where we show we show some pictures of their stuff they have for sale. We have a link to their, their website. We tag their social media. Because, yeah, we, you can't have a show without the vendors. They're a big part of it. I know that, I know generally, you know, you're going to probably think of the celebrities and all that stuff first, but the vendors are a big, big part of it. Um, and they deserve just as much as attention and promotion and whatnot as uh, anybody else there. Now, if I, uh, if I understand this right, is there a special announcement that you guys are going to drop exclusively here right now on the I Like a Spooky Horror podcast? Yes. One of the wrongs from last year that we wanted to make fixed, which was out of anybody's hands because of the situation, we had Jordan Ladd coming and she wasn't able to make it because of a death in her family. Uh, we want to write that and we want to bring Jordan to this show this year. That is freaking fantastic. I remember missing out on that last year. I wasn't aware there was a death. I just was like, oh, not going to be able to make it. So. Yeah, her uncle, uh, Alan Ladd, died. Who? Th this is totally me just gushing over the guy because he's so impressive. But this guy greenlit Star Wars and gave the idea for Ripley to be female and aliens. Like, this guy changed cinema. In a, impact on cinema. In a big way. And yeah, he passed away uh, very close to the show. And him being who he is, they had a lot, of, a lot to do for him in the event of his passing. So unfortunately she wasn't able to be with us, but we completely understood, but we're happy to have her back uh, this year. We won't say what it is because we've been doing that, that shed a little bit too much light on the other person, but we will say she will be coming um, in the form of a reunion, but it's not going to be cabin fever. It's yeah. going to be something a little different. Yeah, sticking with if they've been here before, it's going to be for a reunion that hasn't. Yeah, the person joining Jordan has not been here, and they're going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, we, we've got the, okay, we're just waiting on the contract at this point. I, I love this. Not only do we get an exclusive first-time announcement from the guys from Motor City Legacy here on the podcast, but we also get like this Scooby-Doo adventure. I got to go do some homework now and see if I can find the clues and figure this shit out. You know, this is fantastic. A few hints already without realizing it. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, a, there's a few hints earlier in this that kind of allude to the other person. It's a mystery. We here, you know, the, the podcast, the Spooky Boys here, we're going to be there. I'm going to be there with inkbeers.com. So anybody can always uh, message us, check with us if you need uh, some information about Motor City Legacy. Where can people find up-to-date info and do things like get tickets tickets and updates are all over our social media whether it's twitter facebook instagram uh we're using eventbrite for tickets we're using film freeway for the film festival social media is pretty much the quickest way we get our announcements out for when we do announce new guests facebook's definitely our most kind of booming platform where there's the most interaction and and that's what actually facebook is where we exclusively do the vendor spotlights yep. but we have a better response time for anybody that tries to reach out to us through facebook than any other social media yeah you guys recently started like a a, a fan page also the horrifying hangout and i remember right when you guys launched it everybody myself included i'm guilty as sin we're all like Bring this person. Bring this person. I'm sitting there throwing two or three names at you. Oh, I'd like to see so and so. And you guys were like, let's let's do a separate page for that. You were getting so much attention, you know. Here, here's the thing about that. We love that. A lot some of the guests that people have asked for, we already have already announced. Or we haven't announced. Or haven't announced. 
you will never see me or Adam on any of our social media outside of that group. You won't even know who we are. And that's how I, I want it. Unless you need to know who we are, it doesn't matter. The show's not about us. It's about the fan. So you, you do know who we are in the Hangout, but that's because it's not, the Hangout isn't the business page. It's the Hangout. It's where everybody can talk and you can talk, you know, you can post the trailer for the new Evil Dead or, or you can talk about the convention. It's just for the fans to hang out and socialize and get to know each other. We've, we've covered a lot, I feel. Um, but is there anything we missed? Is there anything else that you guys want to let our listeners know about Motor City Legacy Horror Convention? Just they keep giving us those guest requests. You know, eventually, if we can do it, we're going to bring them. And we got, we got a good uh, handful to come. We still got quite a few more to announce. And uh, in, in, the, in the good handful that we have to announce... Uh, got two more reunions one of which is the uh the one that jordan's a part of but then there's another one very exciting got some pretty cool people coming up uh if you i don't know if you saw our facebook post but we did get give you a little scoop another little scooby-doo mystery here um soinks yeah we did uh lay out a hint that one of our upcoming guests um this is separate from the whole thing with jordan but uh they were in uh twin peaks all of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Every episode, every movie, the reboot, but then also a ton of other stuff, not just Twin Peaks, but that's a big thing they're known for. I, I know some people who will show up just because of that. I'm, I'm dead serious. That's awesome. Giant Twin Peaks fans. And kind of going kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier is you, you bring in people that you don't see a whole lot of. I can't think of a convention I've ever been at. I'm sure there's been some, but I can't think of one I've been at where there's been someone from Twin Peaks. Usually it's just the the bigger names. I haven't seen a lot of Twin Peaks people in shows in a long time, to be honest. So, Adam Tracy, we want to thank you for your time. We can't wait to be at Motor City Legacy in Detroit and Romulus, Michigan, this coming April. Um, but before we let you go, I want to say that one of the great things that you guys do um, that I see I see you guys do is support the horror community around you. I've seen Tracy at many shows. He's always picking up merchandise from different vendors. Whenever I see you guys, you pick up a shirt or two for me. Hell, Tracy, you even bought a, a, a spooky podcast shirt from me. I don't even think you would listen to the show yet. We were up in Lansing somewhere last summer, and you showed up. You got that in a 4X? Yeah, I do. All right, cool. My wife wanted it, so my wife got it. But you, you really take care of the people around you. And I just want to tell a quick story to kind of um, drive this point home. Last year at Legacy, there was uh, an unfortunate event where I think it was Saturday night. It appeared that someone had screwed around and gotten into the locked vendor room or main ballroom. And then so Sunday morning, Tracy, Adam, both of you guys, you were going around checking with everybody. You came up to me and said, explain what happened to me, offered to pay for anything that might have been taken or came up missing. Fortunately. Nothing was from anybody. It was, uh, but it was just, I remember you, you you walked away and I'm like, wow, the, how awesome is that? This guy showed up at his first event and said, this happened. If anything's missing, let me know. I'll cover the, the cost of it. So you guys support your community. You take care of your community. You're upfront with everybody. And that speaks volumes. Yeah. And unfortunately it was a crappy incident. Like I said, I believe one person might've had something stolen, but no, it, it, what else could we do? We had to go and let everybody know. And it, we had a conversation Sunday morning where if anybody has to come to us, it's, it could look like we're just trying to like 
push it under the rug. No, no, no. We're going to tell everybody yeah, and, and be honest. And one of, one of the things we prided ourselves on our first show is we were transparent about everything. Vendors, they knew, told every one of them, we weren't making a dime off you. If I, we couldn't make money off of the ticket sales and our own ideas and our own merch, I didn't want to do it. And I, I, I want to be transparent. And that's why we did it. And it, it was locked in under our show. So we were responsible if anything was missing. And we were going to take care of it. If anything was missing, we offered every vendor. We, we went through with every vendor, made sure they looked through all their stocks. You're, you're aware some vendors have massive amount of stock. But it didn't matter what it was. If anything was missing, we were going to cover it. Supposedly, the hotel has fixed the problem in the back the maglock doors. If you pulled on them hard enough, you could open it. And that's how a couple of kids got in. I'm paying out of my own pocket to bring in security overnight for Friday and Saturday just to sit there and make sure nobody goes near that ballroom. It's the right thing to do. And I don't want to have an issue where something is stolen. I'll, volu- I'll volunteer to be security, but uh, give me my shift before the after party. I want to have a few drinks of me and then just, hey. Uh. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to have one or two security guards overnight just to make sure there's no extra security. We have security at the show as it is, but that are specifically there to be up overnight and make sure nothing happens. We're going to have attack dogs and laser fences, like the works. Nobody's getting in there. Yeah. Sharks with, you know, missile eyes. It it seemed like something that needs to be done. And we're going to go that extra mile and do it because we don't want any problem. And God, I felt horrible when I found out somebody broke in there. Knowing the respect that we got from people like you that because we did the right thing is amazing. And it's that and everything else we did that comes back to all the vendors telling all the other vendors how great of a show it was. Out of the vendors, the celebrities, the patrons, I can only think of one complaint we got. And it was the stupidest complaint is that it wasn't enough guests and too much money. And it's like you knew that before you even walked in the door. So if that's the worst we got, I think we did pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. See, and that's that's subjective, I guess, because I was leery as a vendor. I'm like, okay, it's first year show last year. I'm like, uh, I don't remember the cost off the top of my head, but it was it was cheaper than a normal convention. And this year it continues to be cheaper. I think you've upped the price a little bit to be a vendor, um, but it's still affordable. And um, so yeah, I was, I was leery going into it as a vendor, but I did fantastic. The show was a great turnout. Monetarily, I did well as a vendor. Um, my, my networking, my, the celebrities I got to meet. Um, I actually met some, some really, some people I call close friends now, other vendors because of that show, you know? So yeah, it was fantastic. Man. Don't, don't let anybody tell you different. I think I felt worse about having to raise the price than most of the vendors I told. Again, no matter what the price is, unfortunately, it will probably change because of everything going up. We are not making a dime off of the vendors. Again, it's that without vendors, we can't do these shows. So why overcharge vendors just to make a dollar when they got to fight? That's just that much to sell more stuff just to break even. It's just it's not right. Vendors can make or break a show. If a show got a bad taste in somebody's mouth and no vendors would be with them, There's no way they could pull off a show. I've never looked at this as just my show. It's my show. It's the vendor shows. It's the patron shows. It takes everybody to make this happen. Spoken from the mouth of the men who bring you Motor City Legacy Horror Convention. It's going to be this April 14th through the 16th. Motor City Legacy is at the Sheridan Detroit Metro Airport in Romulus, Michigan. 
Uh, again, if you want information on or you can get tickets, MotorCityLegacy.com. You can download their app. You can find them on Facebook. You can see all the great new guests that they're going to be announcing, uh, aside from Jordan Ladd, which they did drop exclusively here on the I Like a Spooky Horror podcast. I feel like Mick Foley right there with my cheap pop. All right. Well, I tell you what, we appreciate everything. We appreciate you guys. We cannot wait for April. Uh, you know who else we appreciate? Our podcast network, the PFPN. So let's hear from them. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. So now that we've heard from our podcast network, we have a question. So we have a question from our friend Jason Bollinger, and he wants to know what movie maniac do we most closely associate ourselves with? I mean, he's either physically or mentally or what do you guys think? Yeah, thinking about this, you know, I kind of think... I love Michael Myers, you know, that's my favorite horror villain, but I'm not I'm not associated with him. I'm not like a deranged kid that spent time in an insane asylum after killing his sister and I guess I really haven't killed anybody and I guess all these people probably have killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was like we took a little break a little bit ago and I stood up and I'm like, "Oh, my knees." And I'm like stumbling around, so I instantly thought like Frankenstein. <laughs> Like so stiff and trying to loosen up. And then I've been kind of going stir crazy lately. So I, I also thought like Jack Torrance from The Shining kind of just, just being, it's cold out. I don't like going and doing stuff. It's it's my own fault that I'm inside, but you know. I haven't seen your wife lately. Oh, she's been around. Posted on Facebook or anything. She's not underneath the floorboards covered in lime. Is that, what's, is that what you're getting at? <laughs> uh, let's change the subject, guys. <laughs> God damn, I hope nothing happens to her now because now everybody's going to listen to this and be like, wait a minute. Are <laughs> we playing this in court on the Netflix special? Yep, I chased her through a maze and yeah, she survived in that one though, you know. I ended up frozen in the snow. I hope they interview me on that special. I'll talk a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was strange about him. Uh, no, that's me. That's what I got. I'm not a nut job or nothing, but you know. If we're talking like personality, maybe like Leatherface for me, only because I feel like he's misunderstood. He is a bad person, but like he's got this gruff exterior. But when it comes down to it, he's just a, a normal person. He's got the mentality of a child. He's told what to do. And I feel like a lot of people look at me and like, oh, you got this hard exterior. But deep down, you're just like a big softy. I was waiting to see where you was waiting to see where you were going with that. Uh, uh Yep. You know, I'm just a bit, and I'm just a big kid at heart. Like I can put on all the big like persona that I want and I'm tough and all that stuff. And I'm just a big kid. So you would rather, instead of carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders and being the guy who always does everything for everybody, you just want to go and like do taxidermy. Yep. With the, 
the poor animals I find on the side of the road in Texas. And Jason's wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Need a new lampshade, Jason? I'll make a shoe on out of your shin. I'll make a lampshade and dirt your skin. <laughs> so I got I was going to go with one and I'll tell you real quick, but I'm going to go with the other. I was going to go with Ralph, the harbinger from Friday the 13th, old man Ralph, because no one ever fucking listens to anything that I say, regardless what it is. But I'm going to go ahead and go with, um, was it Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale's character from American Psycho? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not a business professional and I'm not some yuppie prick, but I like to think that I'm ambitious. I kind of lose it every once in a while and go a little crazy. And I like Huey Lewis in the news. American Psycho. That's me. Do you have Do you have a raincoat down there? No, I need to get one. Yeah, yeah see, uh, yeah. clear plastic raincoat. I do have an axe, and it's within arm's reach. Jason Bolger, thank you for the weirdest question. I think I think this question is more awkward than the one that Tony asked us forever ago about buttholes. So yeah. <laughs> What movie maniac butthole are you? That'd be the next question. <laughs> that would be Leatherface for me. Oh, yeah. I eat, I like eating a lot of meat, so. <laughs> this is like oh. turning into an episode of Spaceballs. How many assholes we got in this podcast? And everybody goes, hey. hey. <laughs> so now that we've covered our question, what are we up to? I mean, it's the middle of winter. Anything, Jason? No, still nothing going on. I am excited, though. We, we've started talking about our plans for the con season. Um, people are starting to announce more guests. We got our first one coming up that we're seriously talking about going to just in a few months as of the immediate future. I want to go check out, well, by the time this comes out, you know, the, Me the movie Megan's been out a few weeks, but I'm hoping to go check that out. I've heard some good stuff about it. And that's it. Just hanging out. Not doing much. I'm still boring as hell. Let's see. What do I... I think everything that I have looking forward to will be already happened by the time this drops. So I'm showing that at the Capitol Theater um, on Friday the 13th. And uh, then the Orpheum here in Galesburg showing the creature from the Black Lagoon on a Wednesday the 18th at 2 p.m. So I took a half day of work that day. So I'm going to go check that out. And it's free. That's a, one of my favorite, probably my favorite Universal Monster movie. I think that's it. Maybe catch up on some stuff that I keep saying I'm going to catch up on. And then I catch a new movie on a podcast I listen to. I'm like, I'm going to watch that. And then I forget I have 800 movies sealed. What about you, Clint? Anything? Well, Jason, let me know. When you go see Megan, you need to promise me that you sit in the D-Box chair that you don't want to sit in ever again. Because I'm curious what's going to happen when she does that weird little dance thing that she does. Brian, are you, when you go see Creature from the Black Lagoon, are you setting up a table or are you just going to go check out the movie? No, I think I'm just going to go check out the movie. I had, I thought about asking about setting up a table, but I was like, yeah, I don't get off till noon that day, maybe a little later. So I think I'm just going to go and yeah, hang out with some friends. There's a couple of people that sound like they are going to go. So just go watch the movie. Enjoy it. Yeah. So let's see. So we just need Dracula and Frankenstein. 
because they showed the Wolfman last year. So they're showing the creature from the Black Lagoon. So yeah, you get Frankenstein and Dracula, and you're all done with the Universal, all the Invisible Man. Bride of Frankenstein. I mean, she was just at Motor City Nightmares last year. We need Bride of Frankenstein. If you listen to this show before, you know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, right. I'll be first in line. Dig her up. What do I got going on? Okay, well, Friday the 13th is Boots' birthday. She was born on a Friday the 13th, so every seven years, her birthday is Friday the 13th. She'll be turning 12, not 13, so we missed it by a year, but for years we've been planning on having a Jason-themed birthday party, so we're going to be doing that. Looks like I'll be heading out to Pennsylvania and checking out the Valentine Bluffs film premiere the end of this month. Uh, barring a snowstorm, we get a bunch of crappy weather. I'm going to have to miss it because I'm not going to travel that far through all that. But the plan is right now to go to that. So that's going to be cool. Other than that, just the same stuff I always talk about, trying to start this writing project. But I keep interrupting myself by doing things like getting the 3D printer. So I'm going to be learning that process, putting some time into that, getting stuff around for these upcoming conventions to have on hand to sell through inkmirrors.com. Just working on podcast stuff. We've talked about it a little bit the past couple episodes, but um, you know we're really trying to have more guests on the show this year and see where that takes us. And so we're working on getting some of those lined up. Gosh, that's it. Other than that, just messaging you assholes and making fun of you when I can. Oh, you're mean. I'm a mean one. And speaking of the mean one, I want to see it. And it was supposed to come out streaming. And then it got the theatrical release. And it's still not out yet. So that'll be something I'm doing if the mean one ever comes out. They'll probably wait till next Christmas now. Well, hell, I hope not. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Well, now that we've heard what we are all up to or not up to, don't forget to check us out on our socials. I like a spooky horror podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And hopefully the Grinch don't fuck with this episode. So I'm going to have to find his ass if he does. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Toodaloo. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya?